0: Previously on Doisp, Seraphina and Shanjan returned to Phandalin to prepare to hunt down the nefarious dragon of Icepire Peak once and for all. Before they could even formulate a plan, the Stone Cold Reavers kidnapped two children. Will our heroes catch the ruffians before they feed their young fans to the dragon?
1: You are feel cold, I mean real cold. The kind that don't care how much furs you wrap yourselves up in, how big your damn campfire gets. The kind that seeps in under your skin, behind your face, and your lungs. The kind that makes you hear them clicks when you blink your frozen eyelashes. See that endless burning wet surrounding you? Feel all them countless tiny daggers in every breath you take in? That's real cold. Good luck doing anything with your fingers and your hands. Then, good luck doing anything with your arms or legs. If you're unlucky, you gotta start worrying about not feeling the cold no more. Soon after that, you'll be lucky to do anything at all but curl up in the snow and wait for, well, you know. Cold like that. That's not a battle one can win. Don't much matter how good you are with a blade or a spell or a careful word. Cold like that brings down the worst monsters and the most heroic adventurers. Cold's a damn dangerous thing to anyone breathing, is what I say, and I hope I don't gotta tell you that. Lucky for us, cold like that, well, we ain't too likely to see it. Maybe on the worst day of the worst winter, or way up in the Icewind Dale from time to time. Or, you know, in a white dragon's lair.
2: Hey, this is this is a game called Deuce, but it stands for Dragon of by Spire Peak. I never say that. My name's David, guess what? I'm the GM or the DM, the dungeon master. I have a player with me too, my very beautiful wife. Who's what's your name again? I forgot. <laughs>
0: <laughs> my name is Marisa and oh, yeah. Seraphina Tea Leaf.
2: Let's see. Ooh, last time was crazy. You returned to Fanblin. You're kind of home away from home since we started this game, and the uh, you're greeted by the fantastic Fandelvers, Delvers, the the f- what five children plus cat that uh, is Snook a child probably I don't know maybe not but uh, we assume yeah he's the height of a child which I'm sure there's nothing offensive about that as a halfling right anyway so. <laughs> Uh, there was, oh, some, a different group of adventurers, stone cold reavers. Two of them were here and were, were doing what they do. They were being bullies, but they're real mean to these kids. And two of the two oldest and most heroic, Nilsa and Pip, decided in the middle of the night, apparently, that they were going to, to fight these, these evil adventurers. But according to Carp, at least they basically literally kidnapped these two kids and went off to feed them to the dragon. Mm hmm. And that's where we were. You just bought some, luckily, some cold weather gear to find where this dragon was, apparently. I guess we left off, right? I guess we'll pick up right where we left off. You're in this inn. Maybe Shanjan has assembled everything that you need to kind of leave. But as you're like walking out the door, I think maybe you almost trip over Snook, who's just like standing outside in his almost completely white scales now. And if you remember, Snook was, uh, I don't know if we've ever said it, but uh, hopefully it's obvious that he's a little kobold.
0: He's a little what?
2: Uh, it's a creature called a kobold. Okay. I don't know if we've ever said it particularly, but. Um, oh, Veline had said it. Like her kobold companions all ran away. Except for Snook, which she said, uh, oh, he belongs to the children anyway. So I give up on him. But anyway, Snook is there. You almost trip over Snook. He kind of looks up, just says, um, Snook can help.
0: Oh, well, of course, Snoop. We would love your help. And she just kind of looks at Shanjan is like, Well, what? <laughs> <It's> talking more. <laughs> um, and
2: geez. I think Shanjan's just like, I thought he could only say his name, like a Pokemon thing.
0: Mm, well. I thought that he could only say his name too, but uh, I guess he's just waiting to tell us something important. Uh, All right. Well, Snook. And then maybe she like hand, like puts out her hand and like, you know, like rubs his scales and <laughs> then kind of like offers her hand to let him lick it and says,
2: Oh yeah. He loves that.
0: You know, like, Oh, so what can you help Snook? What?
2: Sh- snook. From dragons. Dragons, big mothers, fathers. They fly near and make home. Kobolts are called. Every night they call. Brothers and sisters of Snook find father in the mountain. Snook stayed. Snook a fantastic fandelver. Snook still feels the dreams of the new one. And he kind of points up with this little, like, talon at this, like, mountain. Like, ice spire peak. New father there. Snook can bring you there.
0: Huh. Wow. Incredible, Snook. Yes, please help us find the way. We need to save the children. We need to save your Fandelvers. Elvers. This is he, the ultimate mission, Snook.
2: And he just vigorously nods. Maybe he, he gets on all fours and like runs around like a gecko for a minute, and like from a bush or something brings out this uh, sharpened like stick.
0: Oh, my. Well, Snook, hopefully you won't have to use that stick because Shan, Jan, and I will be here to fight for you.
2: And Snook, just... Uh, nods and he says, snook.
0: All right. Well, um, this is an unexpected turn, isn't it, Shanjan? <laughs> All right.
2: So, yeah, I think, I assume you've already gotten into your uh, wintry gear and everything. And so is the idea to go right to the dragon's lair?
0: I think it's to try to save the kids on the way, right?
2: Yeah. It's going to be like a mountain climbing kind of situation here.
0: Good thing I got all my rope and my spikes and my hooks and my other things.
2: (laughs) Heck yeah. So um, this is actually from another, a previous edition of Dungeons & Dragons. It's the fourth edition. We're playing the fifth edition, but I'm stealing it because it's one of the coolest things. So it's called a skill challenge. So this is um, a time where you get to use all your fun skills that you usually don't get to. So, kind of the rules for this is that I'm gonna present you with some kind of obstacle, and you can. I'm gonna ask for some feedback so we can kind of come up with the the obstacle together. Along the way to the uh, the dragon's lair, right, or at least to where the uh, the stone cold reavers are, and then you're gonna choose like how you're going to get around this obstacle, and just roll a skill check. The goal here is to get five successes before you get three failures but you can't use the same skill twice. And yeah, as we kind of d- described earlier, the dragon just being in this area is making things colder and colder as it is pretty you know obvious that you're going toward the dragon, so it's going toward the coldest place. <laughs> you know, it's like let's go to the north pole, I guess situation. So as you're going, it's like colder and colder, you can see your breath. Already, probably within the first couple of hours of leaving Phandalin. And this is going to be a couple days journey too, because you're going through canyons and mountains and everything.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: What's something interesting about this this cold that you deal with even before you get to the worst of it? Like, how can you tell that this is going to be problematic?
0: That the cold. cold,
2: yeah. Like, how can you tell it's like a magical cold? Is it something unique or interesting about it? Um or maybe something that might in particular make Serafina scared or nervous.
0: I think she already mentioned that uh she felt this cold during the war. Yeah. And I think that like it's the kind of weird chill where your body's shivering like but you can't control it. It's just like her teeth are just chattering and you know, even though she doesn't even realize that she's that cold, but like all of a sudden you start feeling your jaw shake. And when, you know, you breathe out and you get that like frosty, you know, like air, it sort of like sparkles. Oh, interesting. So when you like breathe in and then you breathe out and you get that puff of like cold, fog it has just like the tiniest like iridescent little like sparkle to it
2: oh so kind of beautiful but in a terrifying kind of way too I yeah I think,
0: I think that it would kind of like sparkle a little bit and then as it falls to the ground sort of become like ash and so then oh. the ground be- it, like has like all these like dark little flecks of ash on it
2: oh yeah that's awesome i love that
0: so that's The scary part is that you you like, once you like see that sparkly fog that turns into ash, you know that there's like some sort of dragon nearby.
2: Yeah. It's like you're, you're walking into the the dragon's den as it were. And yeah. And if you remember, we said long ago that you have these, like the scars across your ribs kind of from where that dragon sliced you during the war mm-hmm. and I think uh, I feel your whole body is cold despite these uh, furs and everything but you, I think we've said before that sometimes at, uh, when you're kind of having these intense memories of fighting this dragon in this war you feel like those scars kind of get cold and I think it's almost the opposite this at this point though because your whole body is so cold but these like three or four scars down your ribs are just almost numb. They're like the only parts that aren't unbearably cold right now. But the first big problem you get to, it's maybe right at the foothills of this uh, mountain that you're going to have to start climbing up. But it's this huge lake that, you know, it's going to take like days if you want to go around it. So you have to, you're going to have to go through the middle of this lake, basically. Although thankfully with this ice winter wonderland happening, This is giving you a benefit, actually. There's a lot of these. The biggest one is like a kitchen table sized kind of a like chunk of ice. And there's a lot of them kind of like scattered across this lake that it would be very challenging and difficult. But you might be able to, you know, hop one to the other. But what do you think? What's the plan here for you three? Hmm. Looks like this lake is either recently frozen or like about to be frozen. Cause there's all these like big, you know, chunks.
0: I I've never really seen that. So I'm just trying to picture it, but yeah, I can, can kind of understand from movies.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay. So it's going to take too long to go around.
2: Kind of a way you want to do it is how do you think you would do it? First of all, and kind of describe that. And then together we're going to try to make a skill check out of it. So if you're totally stumped, you can kind of look at your skills and, you know, base it off one of them.
0: Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think I'm going to try to use acrobatics. Okay. All right. So the description is Feeney is going to leap from one block of sturdy ice to another. And with each one, she like just takes her little tippy toe and just kind of like leaps forward and lands very very softly on our feet you know
2: yeah i love it so roll that or press that button whoa a 20. what a good roll
0: yeah
2: oh and do also remember you have one you can use it any at time you want an inspiration which lets it'll let you use the uh the second one okay but this this time you didn't need it because the left one was definitely better so let me mark this all right so this column is uh, all the successes you made. And this one's all the failures you made. So you, you need five in this one. You got one. So perfect. So yeah, you you exactly how you described kind of do the acrobatics of going through these weird uh like ice blocks across this lake and Shan, Jan, and Snook kind of follow your lead, maybe inspired by you and you're past this lake. So this is when you start climbing the mountain. So it's not like a at this point, at least you don't have to use ropes or anything, but what, what's like a a minor difficulty that you have to deal with while you're kind of walking up this very steep kind of a icy mountainous area.
0: Maybe the steps are really tall. Mm -hmm. So like, it takes me like a little extra effort to like lift my legs up and, you know, like do that without like struggling
2: yeah oh and these are the sword mountains too i believe this is the sword mountain range so this is what like the sword coast is named after so yeah it makes sense that someone maybe in ancient times had carved little steps into this area so it's a little easier than climbing you know an actual mountain but it's still not really made for halflings so it's a little bit harder for seraphina in particular Mm -hmm. but yeah i love that and maybe it's been like a day or so at this point, maybe you make a little, you find a little flat area, make, Oh, did you bring a tent? Is that one of the supplies you want to use? Yes. So you got four more supplies. So yeah, you have a little warm tent. The three of you kind of camp out right now, a very, you know, calm night. Thankfully you wake up and keep going. And there's um like an area where it's kind of flatter, maybe like you're on a plateau kind of situation. So there's a little bit of your, you're, of not climbing, thankfully, or, you know, going up a steep area for, you know, an hour or two, which is Jen maybe says like, oh, my feet. Thank goodness. I hate climbing. Mm. You kind of go and then maybe, uh, yeah, maybe Snook. He just says like, Snook, Snook, just like whispering. But, you know, very, yeah, he's very alarmed and just kind of puts his hands up to both of you and just like points two little talons at the same area and you you see like uh maybe it's starting to snow so you, that's why you didn't immediately see it but way too close ahead of you you see there's uh maybe like a red patch in the snow maybe like a couple seconds go by and then this like little lump in the snow kind of moves and stands up gets out of the snow and you realize it's a creature so it looks like uh like a a very big animal probably you think oh that's a bear but when it it kind of lazily looks up because it just woke up you know or lazily looks around because it just woke up Mm -hmm. and then when its face kind of looks at you it kind of tilts its head and it's got like a bird head like in fact like an owl it's got like this terrifying like beak coming down and you see that where its bear paws would be like bear paws are already kind of scary with those like claws and everything but these have like curved claws like a like a bird of prey yeah, and it's, you know, maybe like feathers and even, oh yeah, on here it has some feathers coming out off of its, uh, you know, limbs and things. Or it looks at you. Part growls, part like squawks, maybe. Yeah, maybe Shane Jan will be the one who knows this. He's like, oh, Feeny, that's, that's an owl bear They are very grumpy. Very dangerous. It's definitely seen us. Uh, what do we do? How are we going to get out of this one?
0: And then I think Feeney is just like, I I heard that when it comes to owl bears, as long as you move very (laughs) slowly and very quietly, they will get confused and leave you alone because they stop tracking your movement So I think we just need to be, all three of us, be very quiet and move very slow around it.
2: You know what? Sure. Let's try it. So let's see. What skill would that be? Stealth, I guess?
0: I'm trying to bring my thing up. Yeah, I feel like it's probably stealth. I'm just...
2: Yeah, that makes sense to me. Oh, you're very good at stealth, too. You have a plus six there.
0: Did you just set me up to fail?
2: (laughs) Oh, no. You didn't didn't roll very well, did you? No. Okay, so... That's not going to make it. Uh do you want to try to use your inspiration which will mean Yeah,
0: I was curious how if I use my inspiration how well do I do? How much better do I do?
2: Well, that means you take the highest out of those two instead of the left one so you would do a 19 instead of a 13.
0: Okay.
2: I'm not going to tell you if that'll still make it, but you only get to use it once. Do you want to use it now or save it?
0: So I could fail now basically.
2: Well, Remember, you just have to get five successes without getting three failures. So as long as it's not your third failure, it's not the end of the world.
0: I guess let's take the right number. Use my bardic inspiration.
2: Yeah, cool. How do you sneak by?
0: So of course, Shan Jen's like, I don't know if I believe you, and Feeny says, No, no, it's true. I I heard it on a traveling podcast.
2: Oh, a pod spellcaster. I remember when when he came by and spoke to us.
0: Yes, exactly. Now I remember. That's right. It was, I guess, what some people might call a speaker. But What what is that, too?
2: (laughs) 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 I also don't know what that means.
0: They came to town. They came to town to uh, teach locals about how to protect themselves from wildlife. And everybody laughed when I said, teach us about the owl bear. (laughs) And so what we need to do is we all need to get very low to the ground, blend in with the snow, and then move very slowly past the owl bear it will believe that we're just a part of uh, after a while its eyes will glaze over and it will believe that we're just a part of (laughs) the snow.
2: Uh, You know, I can't imagine the podcaster speaker would lie to us. Let's do it.
0: Okay. So then she gets down on her belly and she gets like all in the snow and just starts slowly creeping along and around the owl bear.
2: Yeah, I love it. And, and then that, I
0: think the owl Bear just kind of like looks around and it's like, huh? 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 It's very confused. Who? They just blend in with the snow.
2: Yeah, I love that. And then it just goes back to sleep. Snow starts falling back on it. But yeah, I think at this point now, though, this is when it's mountain time, right? Like there's a place where there's no path now. And you're going to have to get your su- whatever supplies you have out and actually climb this mountain is the next obstacle you have to do. So how do you go about doing that? Do you use the supplies or is there something else you uh, can think of too?
0: No, I think at this point she's going to take out her pack and they're going to start like putting the ropes around their waist and mm. um, putting the spikes on their shoes and uh, pulling the gloves over their fingies. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. And I, I think uh snook at least to his benefit just uses his like little cobalt talons to climb up relatively easy but still like not super easy but at least he he doesn't have to use up your supplies
0: right just me and shanjan
2: yeah i mean if we're picking skills that sounds like you've set up an athletics skill check
0: oh yeah i guess so for moving upwards on the mountain
2: yeah it's almost like textbook athletics check
0: okay ready
2: Oh, you're great at that, flex. I thought, I assumed you'd be bad, but I forgot you're a soldier too, so. Oh, incredible. <laughs> so, yeah, what happens now? How do you, how, you, I mean, you got a 26, so you easily climb this mountain. Like, what does that look like?
0: I think that uh, she gets all of her mountain gear on, and she starts moving and, like, climbing the rocks really quickly, almost like she's gliding up, like a little, you know sugar glider (laughs) right and uh you know she's seeing snook just kind of like squirm up along the wall next to her and she looks over and just kind of like nods at him and she keeps um you know point like looking down to point to other rocks for shanjan and like maybe she kind of yells down but not yells but just kind of like loudly says to Shanjen, "Hey, remember this when we used to have to climb the wall in boot camp? Remember how I used to kick your butt every time?" <laughs> oh. It's like
2: I remember once or twice. And
0: um and then she uh she looks over at Snook and says, "Strong hearts have always been strong climbers." <laughs>
2: And Snook says, Snook!
0: And then she just kind of like keeps gliding up until she gets to like a landing, I guess.
2: Yeah, and I, I feel like uh, the the actual story of that is you probably beat him. Every, you probably beats Chan-Jan every single time. He's like, mm-hmm. hey, it was probably once or twice. And you definitely beat him this time, too.
0: <laughs> definitely.
2: I'm sure you have to help him a little bit as he uh, gets over this ledge, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. And then
2: I think it's getting close to night again. That's probably like a full day so maybe you try to find a place with um that you can set a, the tent up again mm-hmm. i think it starts snowing like harder now as you're kind of getting further into the mountains and uh the wind picks up and this is almost like maybe as you kind of all settle into this uh your tent here it's almost like full blizzard situation going on here like it's you have to like kind of spread out so that the tent doesn't kind of like blow away at this point. Like you're all Mm -hmm. triangulating with your weight. And I mean, Serafina and Snook's Snook's weight, not overly significant either. So change is doing most of the, I don't know, paperweight uh, work here, but and it's also nighttime too. So it's even colder than usual. So how do you think you make it through the night?
0: Hmm. Let's see. Oh, uh, I guess I can use a survival skill, maybe.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is definitely a survival. That makes sense to me.
0: She's like, all right, everybody, get in this tent. And uh, Snook, you get in the middle, because you're the smallest. And Mm, the three will, um, will all huddle together and... If we all sit together, like, and they're sitting like, um, crisscross style, you know, Uh and they, and then she says, and we all link arms and put our heads towards the middle. We can all gather heat from each other's heads and, uh, get a few hours of sleep before we have to start again.
2: Yeah. I like that. Why don't you give us a roll? See how well you do. Seems like a good strategy. Uh-oh, that's, that's like just under where you need to be. Yeah, so I think this is going to be a failure. Because you, you, we don't have any uh, inspiration left. So I think this is a really rough night. It turns out Snook is cold-blooded. So he doesn't provide much warmth anyway. Although he's shockingly like, not very affected by the cold. So it's just you and Shanjan kind of depending on each other. And it's it probably like you don't sleep very much. It's pretty rough. But... As that's going on, I'm gonna take us somewhere else. So the this the camera goes up into this blizzard and goes somewhere else, and it's at the foot of this uh kind of a like a castle sort of thing. It's actually like a gatehouse, like part of a castle, you know, where a drawbridge and stuff would be. Although this doesn't actually have a drawbridge, but it's um, Barlow and uh, Runa with the two children Pip. And also Nilsa. So they're kind of arriving in, in their horse, their horses, the two of them. Um, and there's all these kobolds that are pure white, pure white um scales and everything. They're just kind of uh, scratching at this door that the, the four human people are approaching. And Barlow's like, oh, God, look at these vermin that came here while we were out. He's like, you want to take care of that, uh, Runa? And she kind of unsheaths her sword, kind of determinedly walks over to these kobolds who turn around and they kind of hiss, have their teeth out and their claws. Pip and Nilsa are kind of tied up with like a rope or something, like their hands are, you know, and they're kind of just slung over these, or not slung over, I guess they're probably in, in the saddles, but tied to the saddles maybe or something like that. Seraphine, if you had to pick, who's your favorite between Pip and Nilsa.
0: I don't really remember anything uh, like outstanding about Nilsa other than she's like the big sister that likes to be like the warrior type.
2: Yeah, they're both like, we're the best warriors and they kind of, you know, verbally fight each other. There's lots of rivalry between them, although they're, they're supposedly best friends.
0: Right. I don't remember which one I've ever had more interactions with. So maybe Nilsa, I guess.
2: Okay, and I guess in that in that case, Pip will be the one that says, uh, "Hey, uh, what are you doing? Th- those are Snook's brothers and sisters. They're not vermin." And uh, Barlow's with the kids, like next to the horse, and he's like, "All right, well, those aren't quite vermin. Those are cobalts. They're always attracted to, th- to these uh, dragons around here. We've had to." Uh, put a few of them uh, down that keep uh, searching out for our horde if you catch my drift. So, uh, yeah. Runa's going to take care of him like she took care of the rest. And we just see her take this huge bastard sword that she has, you know, like I said, it was like six feet long or so Mm -hmm. and just does battle with these um, kobolds. These, what I say, four or five of them. And it's like a brutal fight. She like stomps one. She you know, cuts one in half with this awful sword, you know. Uh, she throws one up against a wall and, like, it's just, like, brutal. Like, o- an awful, like, gory fight. Maybe one tries to run away past Barlow and the children. And he just, Barlow kind of grabs it by the scruff of the neck and just, like, slams it. Or, no, he throws it off the uh, the ledge. And he's like, you know, I said uh, <laughs> kobolds, but now they're kind of just, like, a mess on my boot. <laughs> get it and he kind of just elbows nilsa and she's like (laughs) and her and pip kind of just look horrified it's like anyway welcome to home sweet home he kind of looks at the door and they open it up and go in here and then this camera goes back through the blizzard back to this tent as day breaks i guess serafina and shanjan and snook probably as well had like the worst night ever like you barely got any sleep. it took all your energy just to keep this tent from you know blowing off the mountain but you made it. It's warming up a little the, the winds are dying down somewhat and now you, you continue on your journey. So yeah I think you uh, travel a little bit um, it's a little flatter but still like rough and it it's still like a snowing. The wind's blowing hard, not as hard as that night, but still pretty rough. And then I think it just, you take a step and it just like stops. It's very strange. And everything's kind of quiet and still like eerily so. And you go a little bit further and you come across this, uh it looks like a fountain made of ice. It would be, I mean, like a kitchen sink kind of size thing, you know? Um, That's just kind of standing in the middle of nowhere and it's shooting up little crystal clear bluish water coming out of this thing made of ice. And it's collecting in like a little pool, you know, and then going who knows where, but yeah, it's just this, this beautiful little spring, I guess, but it's definitely a structure made of ice. It's like, obviously magical or something's going on. And then maybe Shenzhen walks over to and he's like, I'm so thirsty. And as he takes a step forward, this little creature kind of uh, appears out of nowhere, maybe out of the snow. It's this, it looks like it's made maybe of ice too. It's a, uh, let's see, how do I describe this for people who can't see it? It's like a little winged emaciated, um, almost like it looks like a little devil creature, like an imp maybe. It's got a huge nose that looks almost like an icicle, almost like a goblinoid type head perhaps, but it's very spindly limbs and they end in little sharp little claws and it kind of flies. It flaps its little tiny wings that should not be able to support it at all. And uh, maybe it, it fly. It's a, it's shorter than Seraphina. Maybe it's like a foot. If it stood up to its full height, it would be maybe a foot tall. Hmm. It kind of flaps around Maybe it lands on Shanjan's shoulder for a second and kind of snakes its body around so it um looks face to face um with Shanjan and says Ooh, are you a thirsty traveller? Well I have the best water in all Faerun here for the taking and it flaps away and kind of perches on the uh fountain. A drink? Two drinks. Five drinks, if you're really thirsty, could all be yours. For one simple price, you must entertain me. Well, what will it be? Would you like a drink or no?
0: So I think Feeny maybe gets and, you know, kind of pushes uh, Shandian, like almost behind her and stands up to this thing and says, "Uh, uh, Sir, are you simply offering us water for your entertainment? Do you not require something else? What's the point of the water? Do we need the water?
2: Simple water. Simple, simple water. I say, the best water in all of room. Didn't you hear me? The best water. It will quench you as nothing else has quenched anyone who's ever drank anything else. This is your only opportunity to have the best water, the purest, the coldest, the most nourishing. If you don't want it, you can simply move on. I'm sure I won't be offended. But if you entertain me, it could be yours.
0: Well, I do happen to be a bard, so I can perform and entertain you. I'm very sure of that. Shan Jin,
2: mm. Many you- have said the same.
0: Do you want this special water, Shanjan? Should we just go around it?
2: <laughs> and Jin Jin's, uh he's kind of rubbing his shoulder where that creature perched on it. He's like, I don't know. It, cold water seems like not the best thing to, to happen now. I mean, kind of cold already. And this creature's like, <laughs> well, normally it's not this cold here, but No. If you want warm water, then you only need to ask. He kind of snaps his talons, I guess. This water starts bubbling and steaming. Hmm.
0: Well, well, well. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Uh, May we move past you without drinking any of your water?
2: Makes a, as much as its strange face can do. Like it looks kind of sad and just puts its talons over its heart, where its heart would be, I guess. And just like, you would not want to sample the best water in all of Feyru? The best, the best, I don't think I've stressed this enough, the very best water that anyone can drink. You can take some with you if you need to. And you say you're an expert entertainer.
0: Um, well, that is true. I guess I can take this water with me, although I no. might not drink it now.
2: But only five. No more.
0: Five sips. Five, yes. Well, I guess I will perform for you. And uh, then we may thank you for the five sips and move on.
2: Hmm, And just kind of, you know, does the, steeples its fingers. You know, like, hmm, great. I look forward to it. And maybe it, it flies away off to a little ledge and crosses it. It's arms. just like, yes, entertain when ready.
0: So then I think she would pull out her magical ukulele. Sir, what is your name?
2: Oh, I have many names. So many. So hard to tell. The Water Keeper. The Keeper of Water. The Thirst Quencher.
0: Oh, okay. Well, uh, sir, so my name is Seraphina Tea Leaf. People call me Teeny Feeny, and this is a song for you. The water quencher, he likes to give water. He goes bubble, 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 bubble. That's how you drink water. The water quencher. The keeper He sounds like this when he goes. That's how I drink my wah-wah.
2: Well, you definitely entertained me. But let's, I guess, make a performance check to see if you entertained this creature.
0: Oh, yeah.
2: Oh, wow. That was very close. You did, in fact, entertain him. That's your fourth out of five. Oh. Yeah, what do you think its reaction would be? I'll give it to you since you since you got it so well.
0: I think the water keeper would be like, "Hmm. Well, I mean, I've seen worse. But I will say no one's ever written me a theme song. So, yeah. I guess you entertained me. You may have five sips of water. But you must go blah 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 while you drink it." <laughs> Oh, well, of course, I wouldn't think of anything else, Mr. Waterkeeper. Man, sir. I appreciate the sips of water. Uh, hopefully they will nourish us on the rest of our trip. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess, would you like a sip, chan And maybe she like gives each of them a sip of water.
2: Yeah. And I think when you take your sip, you have a just feeling wash over you. Very familiar. It takes a minute to place it, like a second or two, you know? It's like, oh, this is something that's like very familiar, but what, what is that again? It's like, oh, this is exactly how I feel when I drink a healing potion. Hmm. Yeah, each of you three take a little drink of this or this creature. It's like, oh, very nice. The water keeper, I love it. You didn't do the Glub Glub as much as I would have preferred, but no, very good. Do you want... Your other two to take with you? To goes?
0: Yes, please. I always like these to go. Thank you. Mr. Waterkeeper, one day I hope that I can sing you an even more beautiful song than that. Thank you for your time.
2: Oh, of course. And he just kind of hands out their two little frozen, they're like ice cube bottles, basically, but there's water in them. It's like, that'll keep them fresh.
0: Hmm. Well, thank you. We're so grateful to have ran into you. Now we must continue on our journey.
2: Yes, it's so much better when they entertain me and I don't have to eat their hearts. Well, goodbye. And I think just before your eyes, like the entire fountain melts away. And he kind of melts away too, just into the snow. As if he was never there. Hmm. But yeah, so he travels maybe some uh, further up into this mountain. So you get to a place where um, it's like more or less the peak of this mountain that you're on. And you look over and you realize like, it's the end of the path, you know, and you realize that there's this long, like there's three ropes. If you can imagine like a uh, two that are next to each other and another rope that are, you know, parallel to each other at the top. And then one that's under it, like making a little kind of upside down triangle. And it, these three ropes go a good distance. It's like 50, 100 feet to a completely different mountain that's yeah. even higher. It's like, oh, this is like a rope bridge kind of thing. But the, I guess the idea is you're going to tightrope and then your two arms are going to be at the two top corners of this triangle situation. So not super safe. Or uh, not scary at all. But one thing that's happening is that the wind is blowing pretty hard and it's been snowing. And you see as you get to this rope, it's just like a regular hemp and rope kind of thing. And it looks like it's frozen over. And there's all these like tiny little icicles falling all Not falling, but, you know, dripping down from these uh, these three ropes. So it's going to be like slippery and like even more treacherous than usual. And it's a long way. And when you look over to see kind of the valley between these two mountains that you're crossing, it's it's snowy. So it's going to be hard no matter what. But it's like you can't see the bottom.
0: Hmm.
2: So how are you getting through this one? Hmm. So imagine like tightrope walking on a, like a frozen tightrope in the right. middle of a snowstorm. Hmm.
0: I don't know. kind of already used the majority of things that I could use.
2: Yeah, you've used a lot of your good ones.
0: What if I did investigation? No. Hmm.
2: Yeah, how do you think that would help?
0: Maybe if she looks around somewhere in this mountain, maybe there's like a secret hidden passageway or something so that she doesn't have to go like climbing on this frozen rope.
2: Well, yeah, the problem with that is like I was saying, this is like the end of the path for this mountain. And it's the only way you can continue along this trail, I guess, that Snook's taking you is to change mountains. But I mean you could use investigation to inspect the rope or do something like that.
0: Then if that's the case, I think I'd rather use um Perception.
2: Hmm. Okay. To kind of like what? Just be on like high alert as you're going across.
0: Maybe be more like, um, more perceptive as to like where the rope is super frozen and she will fall off and like being aware Mm -hmm. of which like path to go, you know, on all the ropes.
2: Yeah. Okay. I could buy that. Just, you're taking it. Wow. <laughs> you're like the luckiest roller. This is great. I was hoping for more failures, but man, you, you nailed it.
0: Well, I was worried that if I used investigation, <laughs> I was going to fail.
2: Oh yeah. You would have failed. Cause it would have been four or fewer. Yeah. I love that. Okay. so. Here's how we'll do this. I think as you're... Because you're going as kind of as slow as possible. And Shanjan and Snook are following behind you. And because you're using perception for this. Like making sure, you know, that every step you take isn't uh, too slippy or slippery, you know, or too frozen. As you get about halfway through a 100 feet long rope bridge thing, you notice this like dark shadow underneath you. Like way down below, you know? Like I said, it was like a snowstorm and it's like misty, foggy kind of stuff.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And you see this this movement under you and you look down and it's like something flying under you, you know? Mm-hmm. In, in the mist, you can just barely make out the shadow. And then maybe the three of you share a look. And it's like, oh no, we need to hurry. So you kind of hustle a little more and you see definitely something, some big creature flying out of this misty cloud underneath you. And uh maybe going into the clouds above, it's like circling around, kind of like doing something, uh like definitely noticing you. It looks like it's almost like it's like messing with you, you know? It's like just out of your vision, so you can't tell what it is. It's being very, I guess, horrifying, <laughs> like stalking you almost. Um, like you're finally safe on, you know, solid ground in this other mountain and this thing, you hear it like flapping like these, uh, you know, horrifying wings and it kind of descends from above you and almost like right on top of you. What, what do you do? Are you on guard? Like what's happening? What's going through Seraphina's mind?
0: I think Seraphina is just immediately like, like, um uh, having flashbacks, you know? to the war and I think her instincts are to run towards or like get towards the nearest like wall so that she can sort of like hug the wall and then pull out like her sword to just kind of like ready her stance.
2: Yeah. This is, this is your, this is your dragon slaying rapier, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think Shan Jan just takes, um, you know, note of that and just does the same thing. Backs you up, has his, Bird calling staff there is ready to cast Sacred Flame if he needs to. And Snook, not very uh trained as much as you two, but does have that pointy stick. He's like, Snook, ready to help you out if need be. And this creature kind of you hear it just crunch on the uh the snow and just kind of steps out of the the snowy mist. And it does Landmama.
0: Hmm. <laughs> oh, wing baby.
2: Landmama. And it kind of uh, goes over to you and like nuzzles you very dangerously with these like porcupine spikes coming out of its face.
0: And then she um, instantly just like throws both of her arms around his face and kind of strokes the spikes and says, "Oh, little wing baby." Aw, I'm so happy to see you.
2: And it, anyone who's forgotten, this is the uh, the manticore child from before. And yes, it just kind of like makes that purr. Like, just like terrifying purr noise, like it's way too loud. And it smiles with all these like terrifying teeth, you know. it's. I think we said its face is a little too human. It looks like a mask, you know. Then yeah, mama, I've been, ring baby has been so good. I have only eaten goats and things, as you said.
0: Oh, I'm so proud of you, wing baby. You are doing the world a good service. You are being a good, good wing baby. Thank you so much for not continuing to eat humans. I yes, can't human... wait to celebrate with you.
2: Oh, humans so delicious, but goats, I'm getting used to them. Land mama.
0: Well, I'll tell you what, little wing baby. When all of this is over, I'll teach you how to help people instead of want to eat them.
2: There's, there's room for both.
0: And then, you know, I think she's uh, just sort of shrugs and is like, well, you know, little Manticore is going to be a little Manticore. And then kind of like strokes a little nose and kind of pets him and says, what are you doing out here? It's, far too cold and dangerous for you to be out here. And
2: as you look up kind of at the other, as you're at this Southern mountain, you see that there is kind of pretty close, but still in the distance, there's like a castle that's topping one of these mountains over here. Hmm. And wing baby kind of, uh you know, nods up to that and kind of whispers, even though it's, it's a huge creature. It's, it's like a, I guess about as big as a horse or something, I think is I think it's size large if I remember. Uh so a little bit bigger than a horse, I guess. It says Oh well, I've been I've been watching the thing that that took air mamma long ago. That's where the dragon lives. It's gone now, but it's only going to eat. And when it comes back, it stays there.
0: Little wing baby, and then she like you know, pets his head again, and she says, I'm so sorry about your mama, but you did a good thing by telling me where this dragon is, or this creature is. Stay far away from it. I don't want anything happening to you.
2: But, Mama, you're so small, so tiny. You should not be here either. If you... Well, I don't... I don't like too much, but... You are very light. If you crawl onto my shoulders, I can fly you back down.
0: Hmm. Could you perhaps fly the three of us?
2: And Wing Baby looks at Snook and is like, nah. it's like nods, like hmm, Then looks at Chan-Jan, Maybe like at jans knees first, then up. It's like hmm. Oh, hmm. I'm I'm not sure. Maybe one at a time. And him lasts. Mm. I can try, I can fly you back down to where that forest is or, or where the flat ground is. Or, oh, that windmill is down there.
0: Oh, no, wing baby. We don't want to go away from the castle. We want to go towards it. And he kind of
2: just gasps. It's like, no, Mama, I told you it's very dangerous. That's where the dragon lives.
0: I know, but my, my dear little baby, if we don't stop this dragon, it's going to continue to hurt people like your mother and not just me, your heir mother. Don't you want other little babies to have their mommies and daddies? We must go towards the castle.
2: Do you want to try to persuade this little wing baby?
0: Sure. Hmm. All right. So she's going to try to persuade him.
2: Yeah, I think you made a pretty good case. Man, you're on fire. this You should have saved these good rolls when you're actually fighting the dragon, but this is pretty good.
0: Oh, well, I can't <laughs> help it.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think the wing baby considers for a minute and she's like, oh, yes. I don't want anyone to lose a, a, a mama. I can fly you there. It's dangerous, but like I, I did save the dragon. He's gone now. He's eating, I think. But that was... Days ago, he's gonna come back soon. You have to be very careful, Mama.
0: Little baby, the fact that you're here after so long just tells me that Taimura is looking after us. And then she looks at Shan Chan and she nods and, you know, holds her hand out to Snook for Snook to lick it and says, <laughs> We unfortunately have lost some of our close friends during this adventure. But we've managed to gain some. And we can handle this together. If you can get us there, Shan Jan and I are experienced. And unfortunately, this is not our first interaction with a dragon of Ice Spire Peak.
2: Oh, oh no. Well, just kind of uh, leans down. It's like, well, grab a hold, Mama. Watch for my spikes. They're, they're all poisonous.
0: <laughs> oh, that's true. I sure do know you, wing baby. That's why I am gonna use my special metal gloves to hold you.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, it's not a. It's not a big problem to uh, not get stuck by these if you're not fighting it for sure. So yeah, you get. Um, do you go first?
0: Uh, yeah, I think so.
2: Yeah, so wing baby, kind of you kind of fly up to the foot of this, uh, or it's like a kind of winding path that leads to it, but it's not very, you know, far. It's definitely not a climb at least anymore. He drops you off there. He goes to pick up Snook and then maybe struggles a little. The two of you kind of watching Wing Baby fly um, Shandjan up. It's like, oh, 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 oh no. Oh, okay. But <laughs> he's able to uh, kind of fly up to bring all three of you there together. And wing babies, it's like well, Mama, please be careful. The dragon, as I said, lives here and will sometimes sleep up atop the the roof. But it's they've been very loud here recently. I think there are some people here that they're they're up to no good. Would you need anything else, Mama?
0: No, little wing baby. I want you to stay safe, no matter what. Stay far away from this dragon and far away from this castle. If anything happens to me, you need to know that I still love you and will always love you. But you have to stay away and let us take care of this.
2: Okay. I will, Mama. And then with its not quite human, but uncanny valley terrifying, like human-ish face, just like kisses you on the cheek and like flies away. Hmm. And then just there's this little winding road that leads to this uh castle there's two like castle structures on the top of this little mountain thing over here and that's where theoretically the dragon is you got a little ways a little walking path to go as you're starting to go across this little treacherous narrow path another creature kind of flies out of the mist and i think snook maybe like grabs your like a what would he grab? Like your sleeve or something, you know? Oh, maybe both of you. Just grabs both it, you and Shanjan's sleeve and pulls you down so everyone's kind of like crouched down at this point. And you see the dragon of Ispire Peak kind of fly over and land on this roof.
0: We're walking in the dragon's castle. It is so cold and we are so afraid. What will we find there when we meet the dragon? Maybe the wing baby's mother, maybe our poor friend in Perna. We're gonna Meet the dragon and fight it hard. We have been working all night long. Need to find our friend, our friend till the end. Inverna, Inverna, are you there? We'll meet the dragon. We'll slay the dragon. We'll save Vandalin, stay tuned thanks for joining us for this episode of This American Dice presents d and Dragon of Icefire Peak your cast was Marisa as Seraphina Tea Leaf and David as the Dungeon Master. You heard Austin as the narrator. Music for this episode was An Ocean Wide by Sebastian Forsland and Happy Victory by Heatley Bros. If you could please rate, review, and subscribe to This American Dice at your favorite podcatcher, it would really help us out. Austin will read every five-star review as your favorite weather phenomenon. Join us next week for another episode of This American Dice.
2: but according to Carp at least. Not carpet, but carp at least.
0: We're all very very la 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 Hold on. Uh, no, I don't like that going off script. I don't mind. <laughs> Austin will read every five-star review as your favorite weather, for Monomon. <laughs> Hold on, I got this. Austin will read every five-star review as your favorite weather phenomenon. Uh,
2: Okay.
0: Stop laughing.